My name is Zach Como, and you're listening to the My Tech Decisions Podcast. Like I said, my name is Zach and I'm your host. I hope you all had a good holiday break. I know I did and I welcome you all back to work. On this episode, my guest is Anthony Bartolo. He's a Chief Product Officer at Unified Communications Provider Avaya. We talk about his technology predictions for 2021 and how employers are thinking differently about the office and work schedule. Before we get to that interview, here's a quick reminder that the My Tech Decisions podcast is available on iTunes and the Google Play Store. Download and subscribe to hear weekly interviews with experts in IT, cybersecurity, unified communications, cloud computing, and more. And now, here's Anthony Bartolo. I think I was speaking to a recruiter yesterday, and I asked him, I said, what's the number one question that's gone away uh, for you? And and I knew where the answer was going. He's, he's me, he goes, location is is now not even secondary. Right. right thereafter, it's almost it's almost become, uh, 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 you know, one of those p- uh, politically correct questions not to ask, you know, in terms of uh, where you're seated or to, to predetermine if they predetermine where somebody's going to sit. It's almost looks like you're you've got a callous component to your yeah. hiring yeah. practices. You know what I mean? Hey, so nobody has that me, input. Man. Come on. You can, what's that? That was the first question you asked me, man. Come on. No, I'm asking you because I'm interested in where and where you live, right? I'm interested I'm in your location. Here. I'm interested in your perspective. It's not right. a predetermination on where you must work, right? right. Um, and so people quickly ask what location people are in and where because the first thing people see is their backgrounds. Like what's going on in the background? When we first started COVID, it was more around, you know, people trying to you know, uh, you know, cleaning up their background. They cared if their dog sort of walked in the background. They cared mm. if their kids sort of broke into the room. Now it's like pure empathy, man. Everybody understands um, empathetically that we're all in the same boat and then how we cope with that same boat. And mm. uh, so that's why the work, it's gone from a work from home to a work from, you know, well, really it was, work from home to work your, from your living room, your kitchen, your dining room, or somewhere to work from anywhere to now a business continuity conversation. So, yeah. you know, that's, uh, you know, it's a natural, natural transformation that we've seen. How are you seeing businesses put that in practice? Well, uh, well, firstly, it depends, depends on when in the first couple of weeks of COVID, right? That was the, the this crescendo of activity. The way they were putting into practice was you saw a little bit of chaos. So we opened up a a helpline for customers and non-customers, right? Anyone could call Avaya to help them through the COVID scenario. And we saw we saw and moved about two and a half million lines. It was between two about two point two million lines of customers. And we're not talking about um, 
uh, uh, thousands of lines, millions of lines, right? Where customers moved from office to home. And we did that in a 10 day work period between the last day of February, first week of March. I think that was the time frame. It was, it was there, there or thereabouts. And we got them up and running. Our company moved one night because well, we're power users, right? We've been doing this stuff for 15 years. We know the communications and collaboration tools. We moved our 8,000 people overnight, literally overnight. Like mm. it didn't matter what country you were around the world. We're in 180 countries, 180, 80, 85 countries. They all moved from office to to home straight away because we were all naturally power users. But that's not the case with a lot of people, right? That's not their their normal mode of operation. So they, we got a lot of calls in, say, hey, how can you help me move? And that's what we did. We turned on feature functionality, or we enabled them with that functionality. And uh, so the first few weeks, it was like, just let let me get these guys up and running. And because their their traditional business continuity plans got thrown out the window, Zach, right? Their traditional business continuity plans was, um, okay, my I put all my uh, users on the data center in LA, and if something happened in LA, I just move them over to my data center in uh, New York. Or is my US data center, let me move them over to my European data center or my Asian data center. Well, the world went down at the same time. There was no pocket in the world that was spared. So it, the business continuity took on a different perspective. So now every CIO or every CEO now has a posture of, I want every one of my users, not just my power users or my executive team, but I want 100% of my internal constituents to be able to work from from anywhere, not from home, from anywhere, right? Because it could be their home, it could be their mother-in-law's house, it could be their, 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 their parents' home. Like, let's make that enable. Enable every RFP, every request for a proposal or every request for a quote now comes with that as a basic requirement. Not 10% mm. of their constituents, 100% of their constituents. Right. So this is not an event any longer. This is now a trend. And when I talk to CEOs and CIOs, that's the one constant. And they've prioritized their R&D investment as a result to, to those business transformations. And as a result, you become a trusted advisor, you become a trusted strategic partner because their businesses, Zach, have closed. Like the physical part of their business has closed. Their headquarters is closed, their branch offices is closed, their, their uh, storefronts have closed. And now their, their storefronts are now digital, right? They come through a contact center or uh, a contact center and they come into their enterprise via a phone call, an email, SMS chat, uh, or a chat session, or the web. So it's all digital. So, you know, those have been the fundamental changes that have taken place. So it's been quite radical. It's radical for them when they're, it wasn't their first mode of operating. You know, for us, it's just something we do and we've enabled for a long time. So it was just a natural adaption. My office is the same as my home office. Mm. It's like identical. So there's, it's quite a seamless transition. And just like Alex is on the phone or anybody else that you may talk to at a via, we're effectively power users and so to have so to our customers now right uh what what about this uh remote hybrid work model um 
What what about that is is changing how we treat our employees? So you mentioned empathy, and I think that's that's a, that's a big part of it. Yeah, I I think look, I I, I, I think it's really something that's going to fundamentally change. You know, I think there are some there are some people who really crave to come back into the office. They crave a little bit of normalcy and, yeah. you know, uh, and uh, and the office represents some part of that normalcy. I don't think it'll get back to a five day work week. You know, I, I think in general, and I'm not talking about, you know, corner cases, I'm talking about just generally under the bell curve. My general perception is that um, I think we'll get to a three day work week. I mean, it'll be still a five day work week, but it's three day in the office type of thing where the congregation of people want to get back to being able to see people. We are physical beings. We need to, we're social creatures. Uh, we want to meet and talk to other people. We co-create with other people. We'll need to have that. But I don't think it'll be the structured, you must come in on Monday and you must leave on Friday afternoons. I think right. there'll be this norm, norming phase where it'll be, maybe it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays right in the office or maybe it's monday wednesday fridays in the office but there will be some semblance of three days in the office and take that time working from home where you're incredibly productive or not are not interrupt driven at home right and i think that that's something that we'll see a lot more often because the tools have been instituted at home now you know i don't think it's it's either or i think it can be both I don't think your home office break, you know, the day you get some vaccine is the day you break down your office and then move all those tools to your home, to your work office. You know, I think you'll keep both and you'll be just product, just as productive in both. Um, but there are some things that you gain in one versus the other. I think at home you may gain the opportunity to have that, the lack of the drop in interrupt driven work. Uh, but you lack the co-creating, you know, water cooler co-creation and, and conversation that takes place that is just as valuable as as that that uh, quietness mm -hmm. that you get in your corner office, you know, type of thing at home. So, so, so I mean, what did we learn about about remote work? Um, what, what, uh, that what, is, uh, you know, leading companies to be more receptive to that that kind of flexibility. Well, I I, I think companies learned that that their employee base is still productive at home and sometimes as productive, if not some cases more productive, depends on the industry you're in. And uh, I think those stereotypes have gone away that uh, that your people aren't productive at uh, at home mm. just because you can't see them sitting here toiling away behind their desktop in a uh, manufactured environment doesn't mean that your employee base isn't productive. And uh, I think that's one of the learnings. Um, and, and I think that's a very key learning, so much so that, once again, I, I'd encourage you to speak to a recruiter and say, hey, look, what, what, are, what are your, who are the, whoever's employing now, what are they asking as a, right. as a location? And I would argue, or at least the, the ones that I talk to would say that locations no longer are mm. a, a prerequisite, that they must work out of Boston or they must work out of, you know, the valley or they right you know these things go away now that changes the construct of the employee base too it gives the employee freedoms and flexibility of where they work they may have to work certain hours but 
it, you know, they, they need not have to be in one of these uh, uh, physical hubs. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not just, it's not just employees that, that are benefiting from this flexibility. It's also uh, companies are, are able to save maybe on facilities and, and real estate costs. Um, I've also seen some studies that suggest that uh, th those facilities, real estate cost savings are really secondary to the ability to tap into that, that global workforce and, and just maintain a, a happier workforce. Uh, what's your, what's your take on that? What's, what's more beneficial? Yeah, look, I think there are puts and takes to everything. I, I think that um, you can definitely tap into a, a more global workforce if you don't make your location of where you're working a prerequisite, right? So let's think about it. You could have the best talent in the world, and if, if, if your prerequisite for that talent is now that they must sit in San Francisco, or they must sit in Houston, or they must sit in Raleigh, or they must sit in New York City, you know, you know, that could be a deal breaker, right? Because, you know, that person has a life beyond just the the corporate life. They've got a family. They may be they may have young kids and they they may be a superstar, but they also may be a superstar parent. And they have kids that uh, that they that uh, they want them to be close to their extended family. Uh, or that extended family provides the the support infrastructure for that individual to be a superstar employee, right? And and you can't break one from the other. And now all of a sudden you can get the best of both. You can keep them. You you don't make that a priority. You allow them that superstar employee to stay in that environment that keeps them a superstar employee and a stable part of their and make mm. that part of their world stable as they move into an unstable new. Our work environment, right? Because whenever you start somewhere new, it's somewhat unstable. So maybe the the you know getting them to be rapidly productive in your inside your organisation actually is a possibility too, because you're not having them make a change. Look at me. I moved from the Silicon Valley where I where I built my career, or I'm Australian, so I moved from Australia to many parts of the world to Silicon Valley. Spent a long time building my career there. Moving to Singapore. And then moving here, there was an adaptability that, that, that had to take place. Yeah, that goes away, you know, in a uh, COVID environment because everyone's in the same boat, right? Mm. Um, but you also lose some things too, right? I'm pretty sure those who have changed jobs in the middle of uh, of COVID haven't met their their uh, their fellow compatriots, you know, right. or broken bread, and that's really important. I think there's a social element to that, but yeah, of course. What investments do IT managers need to make to support um, you know, the, these rapid uh, business transformations? Well, I think I think they're making those investments now. They're prioritizing their digital transformation investments. We can see that now. You know, I think the the uh, real estate investments have definitely uh, waned, and it's more of the technical real estate that's getting. Uh, those technical investments are getting prioritized, right? What are the tools that enhance collaboration and communications for my customers, uh, for my constituents? When you say constituents, that means your internal employee base, right? Your, your, um, those touch points that touch your customers, your vendors, and your partners. Mm -hmm. That's where the prioritization is happening on those digital 
transformations, right? And uh, we're seeing that time and time, uh, time and time again. So um, I think that's happening at, at a pace. I think um, customers are doing that. I think they're not worried about painting the walls a certain color inside their uh, their buildings or adding that new wing or uh, being rapidly signing up that new lease. I think they've gone definitely gone into a secondary environment. And that's what what we've done in a in a uh, pre or post COVID world, right? The pre post COVID are very different when it comes to that those type of investments and how you balance those those now. Uh, and we're seeing the conversation move from a unified communications or a contact center conversation to more of a customer experience and an employee mm. experience, right? And making those experiences matter, right? What we do is is create fantastic experiences, right? What's a fantastic experience? How do you make a, a, a meeting more effective? How do you provide insights to a contact center agent so that they can service an end user customer better with an insight or, 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 or some type of some type of service or offering that's going to make them in a uh, uh, make them have a better experience or, or decision, um, or it's providing insights to the business owner so that they can make decisions for their businesses in totality. That's where those investments are being made. AI has a lot to do with that, right? being able to enhance things. You know, AI has the ability to not only provide insights that matter, to create decisions that matter for uh, for customers, but it also has the ability to change your environment. You know, right now our environments are somewhat controlled. You've controlled your environment, right? Your, your background doesn't have distracting elements, right? But you could turn on AI. If you, you could take this technology that we're using now and turn on the background where it, it blurs the background so nobody's focusing on the door behind you or the pets behind you, uh, or it could change the background to look like you're in the office. Mm. We also have the technology to, to any background noise that takes place between on this call, you could, you could just, the, everyone else won't even notice it. You could have a dog barking in the background and we wouldn't even hear it, or someone right. using a power tool. You could be riding on a lawnmower on a ride-on lawnmower in your backyard, and you could change it to look like you're in your office, and nobody would hear the ride-on lawnmower. Like right. that's the, right. how the technology works, and and that is a legit. That's the beauty of what AI can do, and you don't have to buy something special. It just mm. comes with the technology. So I think AI will infect and affect the the. Um, you know, the Western world, it already has. And I think it all, AI will affect the global working world uh, in, in, uh, in, a very, in very short order. So I think they're the investments that are taking place. Um, yeah, what other lessons did we learn about, about uh, you know, our employees? Well, I think the, one of the big learnings, the other big learnings is the resiliency, right? So the resiliency of the employee base. I think humanity has an ability to adapt to their, their environments really, really quickly. And what have we done? We've asked them to adapt to their home environment. Let's just think about that for a minute. You know, we, 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 it's, is it really a surprise that people are as productive as at home and as they are at work? You know, all we've done is we've, we've asked them to adapt to their own home, of their own creation. Right. right. You know, if you don't like your home, you go off and change the, 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 the environment to, to make it a place that you like. 
Now, what we've actually asked them, adapt to, them to adapt to is maybe it's the monotony of their own home, right? Uh, and they've shown the ability to do to do that. You know, um, we've adapted to lockdowns, but we also have to uh, accommodate and yet to decipher the impact of of uh, you know a forced function, right? Forcing them to be in their home in Pevchia. I think people like outlets. They want outlets. Work is an outlet. Uh, being in an office is an outlet. So we we tend to, as as um, uh, individuals who run companies, we tend to swing the pendulum from one way to another, right? Swinging the pendulum to say, you know what, we don't need our offices at all. They've shown the productivity at home. Let's just get rid of all our offices. Well, mm. I don't think it's all the way there. That's the three-day work week that I talk about. And I think we we run the risk of doing that. Right. And, and, and we run the, and the danger of doing that, by the way, is not being in touch with the employee, not being in touch with those who are your real asset. Well, we're going to learn through this process that the employee is not, it's not just a platitude that the employee is a real asset. They are the real asset because you just got rid of their office. You got, just got rid of the buildings. You just got rid of all the tools that you invested right. in. And all you've got left is, left is with the customer, your vendor, your partner, and your employee. They're your assets. Now they're working from home. You don't get to know when they're when they're having a bad day or when they're upset. You don't see the traditional manifest manifestations of somebody being, you know, peed off at work. And if you don't find a way to be in tune with that, because you can't see them in a the hallway, you can't say, "Hey, how you doing, Mary? How you doing, Joe?" Right? Or maybe that's my Australian background, where you where the social bit is a big part of your your management style. If that gets taken away from you and you just take for granted that they're okay, that could be a problem, right? Right. So there's tools for that too. Maybe we take AI and we not only point it towards your customer sentiment at, uh, you know, when they come in and they use flowery language, it's pretty easy to understand your customer sentiment, but maybe there's ways of 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 understanding how your employee feels, right, and and making sure you stay ahead of that, or at least not be a fast be a fast follower on their behaviour rather than a than a laggard. Because if you're a laggard, there's that you quickly find out when when you're not satiating the appetite of your employee or or keeping their environment in, in a way that makes them as productive as possible. Because then mm. they leave, right, and that could be a problem. Right? And that's the other side of being able to work from home. Now, all of a sudden, if, if you can tap into the best workers in the world, right, so can somebody else, and they yeah. may be yours. Right, right. Very true. Yeah, everyone has access to that, to that talent pool. Um, this is a question someone actually asked me earlier today. Um, what investments do, do organizations seem to make into the tools that employees are using at home, uh, aside from UCC, which I think everyone realizes is, is important, network resiliency, um, hardware, yeah. you know, is, yeah. is it on IT departments to kind of equip us with that home no, office? Stuff? No, I, I would say two things have happened there. We've gone from controlled environments to an uncontrolled environment. So a controlled environment is where I'm sitting now. I'm sitting, I'm talking to you from a from a, a work office where the bandwidth is 
structured, the environment is structured for a video collaboration call and moving to unstructured is when it goes to your home mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you don't know the bandwidth that you have, you don't have, you can't control the environment, which is the kids coming in and out or the pets coming in and out or the gardener outside with his blower right in the middle of your key customer meeting and, um, you know, all those variables. And that's where IT departments struggle because they can't control those. They can't control your fat finger problems. They can't expect you to all of a sudden become an IT expert, right? Yeah. You're going to describe, well, you know, I just can't communicate here. They're asking you various questions and you may not be tech savvy, right? And this is where AI comes in, where you remove those environmental barriers or you remove those technological barriers. I, I think that's, I think that's a big a, a, a big part of it. So it's not on IT all the time, but IT has a big factor on uh, uh, on those and, and helping control those particular environments. So, so yeah, I see IT has a big, you know, IT doesn't have to lose complete control. There are tons of things that you can do. The other is it's not about a UCC product anymore. It's about work stream collaboration. The tool we're on now, we're using as a as a as a UC application, but it's actually a a um, workstream collaborative tool. We can hang up from this call, and you can come. You and I can come back and join it. Let's say we shared information. We could come back and join it two months from now or a week from now, and all the information we shared will be on this space, right? If we shared a presentation, the presentation will be here. If we shared a Word document, the Word document will be here. You, the recording of this session, recording of this session will be here. The translation of this session will be here. The 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 the, uh, the meeting notes from this meeting will be here. That's work stream collaboration. That allows for asynchronous communication, right? So you don't have to lose the past when planning the future, right? And that's what these work stream collaboration tools happen. And that's another tool for IT to really take advantage of. Mm -hmm. And that's at their disposal now. They don't have to change their practices. They don't have to introduce anything special. It's there and they can just introduce that capability at the pace of their constituents there, right? right? right. Yeah, and, and I think asynchronous is, is, a, is a tough concept for a lot of people to, to grasp. Um, but I think, you know, if they're if they're going to look at um, their employee base on a global scale, then we're not going to want to hop on a 9 a.m. Uh, Eastern time call if you're on the West Coast and you have to wake up at, at you know, 5.45 or 5.30 to get ready for it. Um, so I think asynchronous is going to be more important going forward if if we're going to look at, you know, that the global workforce. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right, right? And you've just given another perfect example for, you know, workstream collaboration. And, and that's why how we've developed our tools, for instance, because you're right, the workforce doesn't always sit in your zip code, right? Nor in your, in your state or your half of the country. Uh, they, you know, it's literally going to be everywhere. And, and uh, you know, and ideas, don't follow a schedule right i have the best you know let's face it we all know that you know we have the best ideas you know in the weirdest places uh, not the least of which being you know uh our alone time right so 
And, and if you translate that alone time and being able to put it into an asynchronous messaging platform as, as not a separate and a distinct platform, now all of a sudden you get more people helping you co-create. And that's a fabulous thing. That's, that's yeah. what I love about what we do. Like we, we don't let um, seeds germinate in the minds. We democratize great ideas. We let those seeds germinate in the minds of every one of our employees and we give them fertile ground to either blossom or not, right? And that's what workstream collaboration actually allows to happen. You can put it on there. You know it's a good idea. You can put it there and now you can co-create with other people. Not in your schedule when you had it in a, as, a, as a thought at 2 a.m. Uh, your time or maybe right. at 2 a.m. and a compatriot's time who happens to sit on the other side of the world. They can sort of pick up on it and expand on it. That's mm. the, the, the beautiful thing about humanity, right? We have the ability to work with each other in different ways and we've just given them the tools to do that. Great. Uh, Anthony, thanks very much. I, I'll uh, let you go, but I appreciate your time. No worries, mate. Anytime. Stay safe, man. Thanks for listening to another episode of the My Tech Decisions podcast, where it's our mission to help you make technology decisions for your company. If you would like to learn more, head to mytechdecisions.com or follow us on Twitter at mytechdecisions. You can also follow me on Twitter at ZWComo. Until next time. <laughs>